Welcome to Schoolhouse Equity and Education. This is Allison R. Brown, and I am your host. You all know that on the Schoolhouse podcast, we really work to bring different segments of conversation related to equity and education together. We have talked about radical health and education justice on the show before, and today we're going to carry that conversation a bit further. One of the voices most often missing from conversations about equity, about school reform, about education generally, is school nurses. We're going to remedy that on Schoolhouse today. Do you see what I did there? Donna Mazik is the executive director of the National Association of School Nurses. Donna has spent most of her nursing career in community-based settings. For nearly 24 years, her practice focus has been school health. Donna began her school health career as a high school nurse. Welcome to the show, Donna. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Allison. Glad to be here with you today. I think it would be helpful first to start with just an explanation. What are school nurses and what do you do in the school buildings every day? School nurses are nurses who are operating in a specialized practice of nursing. So there are multiple specialties in nursing, and it's a science-based career. And school nursing in particular is a nursing practice that protects and promotes student health, Mm. facilitates optimal development of children and adolescents, and advances school success. So uh, school nurses serve a vital role in helping students be Mm -hmm. healthy, Mm -hmm. safe, and ready to learn. Mm. Typically, when you walk into a a school building, how are school nurses integrated in the school environment? School nurses generally have a school health office in the main office Mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. Um, Not always. They can be in some more remote areas, but generally Mm -hmm. in the main office. So there's access near the school counselor, near the um, administrative offices. Mm -hmm. And so it's generally a room or Mm -hmm. a room that has several rooms within it. They could be from a a small room Mm -hmm. to a larger room that's actually almost like a clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, So that varies. And so school nurses learn to work within the spaces that they're in Mm -hmm. and in order to do their work. And the National Association of School Nurses... What is your role? The National Association of School Nurses, we say NASN, Mm -hmm. really exists to help our members and school nurses to know how to optimize student health and learning. Mm -hmm. And we do that by advancing the specialty practice of school nursing. So Mm -hmm. we provide education for school nurses. We provide information. We provide opportunities and partnerships Mm -hmm. that we model on the national level and also help our affiliates, of which there are 50, um, do on state level. So, you know, we have been part of an ongoing conversation about justice reinvestment. Mm. So we are seeing more and more schools with school resource officers, law enforcement officers, police in school buildings, Mm -hmm. even as schools are whittling away at their their own staff and supports, including school nurses. So we see schools that often only have a school nurse maybe once Mm -hmm. a week, Mm -hmm. part-time. Are you seeing this reality too? And what are the implications of that? Sometimes it's not because of a displacement with other staff. Sometimes it's because there were never Mm. um, school nurses in Mm -hmm. a building all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And NESN believes that students deserve a school nurse all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And this is why. 
um, students come to school with more than their backpacks. Mm -hmm. They may carry the weight of health inequities, disparities, and social determinants that impact their health and education. Mm -hmm. So the school nurse has a very distinctive role on the team. Mm -hmm. um, it certainly needs the whole team, but there is a place for students to have their health needs cared for. Sometimes it's because they have a chronic health condition like asthma mm -hmm. or a seizure disorder or sickle cell disease. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's that they need to be safe, so school nurses are looking at their immunization records and making sure that they have the vaccines that prevent disease mm -hmm. from coming to school. And in other places, there's health promotion that goes on, and school nurses are there to provide that. So if we're talking about educating the whole child, mm -hmm. it's a different face than looking just at, I would say, um, disciplinary forces mm -hmm. in the building. That makes me think about so many instances, but the South Carolina one in particular, mm -hmm. where the young girl was in high school there and had her cell phone and apparently wouldn't put it away when the teacher asked her. Mm -hmm. And the recourse for the teacher was to call the police officer, mm -hmm. who then so brutally assaulted and arrested mm -hmm. her for not putting her cell phone away. Mm -hmm. It feels to me, with what you're telling us about culture of health and the, how school nurses contribute to that, Right. that he could have made a different call had a school nurse been available. Am I right? And have you seen similar instances? That's a, a very good question and a great example to explain how school nurses champion a culture of health in school buildings. And part of that is a mutual respect for individuals in the building. Another part of that is looking for the best way to interact with students. In that situation, um, having been a high school nurse, mm -hmm. I know that if you don't have the skills to de-escalate a mm -hmm. situation, mm -hmm. then it is very easy to use a means that are inappropriate for the goal. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to what is the goal? Yeah. When there is a situation, there needs to be a goal that is student-centered mm -hmm. and that enables that student to get back on track mm. because obviously that was a little bit off course. Yes. And so school nurses do uh, champion that, paying attention to the whole child, mm -hmm. making sure that we know all that's involved. Did anyone know that student? Did anyone know what triggers may have been mm. a part of that student's world? Mm -hmm. School nurses tend to know that because they are that ungraded place in the building mm -hmm. where students come and over time they get to know students and they get to know they get to know who's who's bullied and they get to know mm -hmm. who the bullies are mm -hmm. because those children are crying out for people knowing them. Mm -hmm. So I would say school nurses do add that piece in school meetings mm -hmm. about knowing the whole child, mm -hmm. knowing them beyond what the course is about, or yeah. even what their attitude is. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the conversation about justice reinvestment is mm -hmm. to say, you know, divest from these law enforcement officers mm -hmm. whose client, so to speak, is the state, and invest in those practitioners, those professionals who are trained to be student-centered, whose client is the student. Who is your client, so to speak, when you're, you're in this, the school building? In the school building, it's the student. Mm -hmm. There's a, a student 
Centered approach that uh, NESN has for the last two years, we've been talking about a 21st century framework for school nursing practice, mm. and the student is squarely in the middle mm-hmm. of that. And this approach actually connects with the CDC and ASCD whole school, whole community, whole child framework. And in a school, if students are at the center, mm-hmm. there's really no need for anyone to be there. Right. right. That's mm-hmm. the reason schools exist. Mm-hmm. So when we remember the reason that schools exist, mm-hmm. then we begin to organize around it. So about mm-hmm. the issues of the investment mm-hmm. that's needed in schools, what we've seen in schools is a growing behavioral health, mental health display that's not healthy mm-hmm. among students. And in schools, there is a robust group of workforce mm-hmm who can learn, learn how to work with students. Mm-hmm. So from the school nurse to the school counselor, mm-hmm. the school psychologist, the uh, school social worker, those are individuals who can have a certain level of training to know how to engage with students. Mm-hmm. And then you have the teachers. You have the lunch lady. Mm-hmm. You have the custodian. Mm-hmm. There is a study that speaks of If a student has one adult in the building who connects with them, Mm -hmm. that their outcomes are better Mm -hmm. in that school. They come to school, they stay in class, and they have the opportunity to learn. And so Mm -hmm. I believe that when you're looking at investing in a school community that's student-centered, you want to have the adults in the building Mm -hmm. having the ability to be adults Mm -hmm. when a child is being a child. The Communities for Just Schools Fund supports Mm -hmm. organizing groups all over the country, and many of those groups have been working to really flesh out this notion of sanctuary and safety Mm -hmm. in schools in a way that is focused on equity and students in the school building. Mm -hmm. And what you have just described is an ecosystem of safety for young people. So Break it down for me. How do school nurses actually work with school counselors, social mm-hmm. workers, mm-hmm. and psychologists? What is the difference between those mm-hmm. those four mm-hmm. who are all often kind of referred to in the in the whole, right, right, as mental health That's supports? Right. What are the differences and how do you all work together? Mm-hmm. We refer to in, in the recent uh, or the new education law, Every Student Every Succeeds Student Act, Succeeds Act mm-hmm. mentions specialized instructional support personnel. Mm-hmm. And so the school nurse, the school psychologist, the school social worker, the school counselor, and even occupational therapists, mm-hmm. speech language, all of the supports that a student needs to access their education, they may be instructional one-on-one to a student, but in the main, they're not curricular mm-hmm. and focused. So the school counselor is involved in doing some uh, developmental teaching sometimes to students mm-hmm. and also involved in making sure students are in the classes that they are supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. They're also available for whole school topics, population-based topics, mm-hmm. like making sure all students know what the school believes around bullying mm-hmm. and the prevention that is required. School yeah. nurses will work with school counselors in that, school psychologists as well. There's a body of work that school psychologists do around testing mm-hmm. students and um, doing assessments. I'll use that term, doing assessments. Mm-hmm. 
And school psychologists are also there to also help the school community mm-hmm. understand how to work with students as a group and mm-hmm. helping students as a group understand how to work within that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And then you have the uh, school social worker. The school social worker will work again with the team. You could have all four of these disciplines working together for these whole school educational and informational programming. And then the social worker may team up mm-hmm. with the school nurse to do a home visit, mm-hmm. maybe for a student who's been absent mm-hmm. and they're trying to get a handle on what's going on. That home visit together can reveal so much mm-hmm. that is very helpful for the school nurse to know and for that school social worker to know. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on what the needs of the school are. Any of these disciplines can work independently. The strength comes when there's a team working together mm-hmm. so that if a student, for example, who has the services of a speech-language pathologist or a, an occupational therapist or physical therapist is aware that the school nurse is providing uh, certain health care needs mm-hmm. for that student and that the school counselor is aware that there may need to be some modifications in Mm -hmm. the school schedule Mm -hmm. so that that student who has to be taken out for this care or that care would not miss essential education. Mm -hmm. And the school social worker may be aware that the parent has maybe some challenges with transportation. So all meetings don't have to be at the school. Mm -hmm. They can get that information in other ways or visit that home. Mm -hmm. So that's a a little snapshot in how these disciplines work interdependently, Mm -hmm. again, in a student-centered way. What are the needs of the student and the family to make sure that student gets their education? You mentioned earlier the skill and need for Mm de-escalation. So walk me through, Mm -hmm. if you are called to Mm -hmm. an incident where a student is in crisis, Mm -hmm. whether it's physically or mentally, Mm -hmm. walk me through your steps in understanding what's happening Mm -hmm. and then treating the situation. So if I'm a nurse in a school, hopefully my school has done some training Mm -hmm. for school staff on Mm de-escalation and knowing how to approach students. Mm -hmm. As a school nurse, for instance, I didn't have that training, but I would assess and see and go with the team in Mm -hmm. mind. So the school counselor would be helpful. The school administrator would be helpful. All these folks. And find out if I'm known to this student, Mm -hmm. I can begin to talk to that student What's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what's, what's going on? You know, making sure that there is some moderation in the voice so that it sets a tone. Mm-hmm. I'm caring about you. Mm-hmm. What's happening with you right now? And uh, focusing on that, oftentimes that's an enabler to catch the attention mm-hmm. of that student and begin to, uh, in the best of circumstances, yeah. begin to have them focus. So eye contact. Mm-hmm speaking directly with compassion mm-hmm. and being able to get that student to just kind of focus in a different moment, moving them from that situation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the school health room mm-hmm. has been a, a haven for mm-hmm. getting someone to be able to calm down. Now, the school health room can be a very busy place. So you, <laughs> that's why you need the, the help of the administrator and, yeah. and others to help find that spot mm-hmm. where you can have that student 
and then begin to find out what's going on with them. I mm-hmm. think it begins with asking them what's going on mm-hmm. because they're the ones yeah, who, who can, can tell, tell you, you what's mm-hmm. happening to them right, right. right then. And then there could be a need to deploy other things. I heard a story of, of how a, a student was just having a hard time um, the nurse was called and found the student just rocking and moaning mm. in the hallway with his hoodie mm-hmm. on. And she found for him, he was having a sickle cell crisis oh and my. was hurting. No one knew what was going on, oh but no. she approached him, what's going on? And she was, I'm hurting. Oh. And so through that encounter, first of all, she was very respectful of finding out what was going on with him. Mm-hmm. She discovered what was going on got a hold of the parent, that student had to go to the hospital, Mm. was in the hospital for two weeks. That school nurse found out the student wasn't getting care. There was no insurance. She worked with that family to get them insurance for the student. The student was missing quite a bit of school, and um, it was because he wasn't getting the care. It was episodic and more emergency-based because of the lack of insurance. And this is a student whose life was turned around because the school nurse knew to ask what's going on. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, it was more than that physical need at that moment. Mm -hmm. And she was able to connect with the right referral sources. And that student went on to graduate from high school. The parent was so grateful for what she was able to receive to help her and her parenting duties with her son. And I mean, that's one story of what can happen. It's all in how you approach. And that is one of the values that school nurses bring to situations. Mm -hmm. And had that school nurse not been there with her student-centered approach, it could have been a very different story. And and in many cases, police would have been called and and he would have been in pain. Mm -hmm. He would have been arrested and, you know, it could have gone very, very differently. That's right. It could have been so misunderstood mm-hmm. because the image was not one that someone who didn't know, like mm-hmm. a school nurse, to, to go in and see, wait, let's look beyond mm-hmm. what we're seeing mm-hmm. and see what's going on. So we are, of course, facing segregation in schools mm-hmm. that is as great or greater than it was shortly after Brown versus Board. Mm-hmm. And so students are are coming up in racially isolated, socioeconomically isolated Mm -hmm. school environments. Mm -hmm. Are you noticing for school nurses related trends with respect to that at all? In terms of? I'm thinking specifically of placement of school nurses and where they are and where they are not. Um, But are there other trends that maybe I'm not thinking of? You ask a very good question. (laughs) We recognize that there is a need for school nurses to be there for all students Mm -hmm. because all students have needs. In addition to that, Mm -hmm. we know that there are students who have more needs because of inequities, Mm -hmm. because of disparities, because of social determinants. And those schools are reflecting their communities. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting, while I can't speak to a trend, I will tell you that in some places, the decision on where to place a school nurse by a school nurse administrator will include a multiple number of factors. For example, the health acuity of the student body. Hmm. How many students have chronic health conditions? Mm -hmm. What's going on with them? And then the social determinants of what's the percentage of students who are on free and reduced meals. Mm -hmm. Trying to get a sense of 
what's going on in the building. And in those situations, there's an awareness that the students need as much support as possible. And so a school nurse will be placed that way. Hmm. That is not the case in 100% of the places. And we know that there are some, for example, Title I schools where, mm-hmm. where there may not be a school nurse. Mm-hmm. And so we are working towards looking at that. We mm-hmm. actually are looking at school nurse workload mm-hmm. and looking at what constitutes what's needed for that student mm-hmm. in a nurse. And it really is a description of who's in the building. Again, mm-hmm. it's student-centered. I know I've said yes. that once. I've said it four <laughs> times. I'm saying it probably say it as many you times, know, more times. <laughs> it's who's there yeah. and what do they need? Yeah. There are some bright spots out mm-hmm. there where all of that is taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. And then there are other places where there are staffing models that are not necessarily looking at that full picture. When you think about training mm-hmm. for teachers Mm -hmm. and other adults in the building about when to call the school nurse Mm. and how the school nurse can be utilized Mm -hmm. more than someone fell and scraped a knee. Yes, (laughs) yes. What does that training look like, and Mm -hmm. does it exist? It does exist. School nurses do that training. Mm -hmm. They, they, at the beginning of the school year, they let teachers know and and all of those meetings that happen before students (laughs) come into the building Mm -hmm. for the new year. School nurses are teaching staff what to look for. They're teaching them what a respiratory emergency looks like and what to do. So not necessarily asthma, because it could be a different respiratory Mm -hmm. emergency. They're teaching what um, low blood glucose looks like. Mm -hmm. So the student may have diabetes, Mm -hmm. but they may not Mm -hmm. and have low blood glucose. They teach them what that looks like and how to provide emergency care as you're calling for help Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from the school nurse and um, whatever the protocol would be. They're teaching staff what to do when a student has a seizure because not all students who have seizures in a school have the diagnosis of epilepsy Uh or other seizure disorders. It may be their first time Mm -hmm. having a seizure. So that teaching revolves around emergency care. Mm -hmm. They're teaching them what to do to have universal precautions around body fluids, so how to do that, take Mm -hmm. care of that, Uh, the use of of barrier gloves. They're teaching them when to send a student to the health room. Mm -hmm. And just as you Mm -hmm. said, there are some things that can be handled um, right there in the classroom, Mm -hmm. and the student doesn't necessarily have to be interrupt their studies to come to the health room. So the school nurse is basically saying, this is who... We are to help support you, tend to your teaching, and the student to their learning. And these are the emergency issues that require you to call a school nurse or to have that student see the school nurse. Mm -hmm. So to step back to the 30,000-foot view and to see some of what's happening today with the increase in police presence in schools, and the decrease in resources for personnel like school nurses who are more student-centered. What does that say to you about society's priorities, and Mm -hmm. and how do we right that ship? Mm -hmm. Well, the school is part of the community, Mm -hmm. and what's happening in schools is reflective of the community Mm -hmm. in which the school sits. And if a school is looking for ways of dealing with community-based issues or whatever the issues are, 
that aren't student-centered mm-hmm. and family-aware, then mm-hmm. that's an invitation for communities to ask for more, mm-hmm. for families to ask for more, yeah. for students to say, the schooling is about me, help me yes. access the, the schooling. And so that's where I believe that uh, when we look at the whole school, whole community, whole child model that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. there are partnerships that can come to bear to help communities mm-hmm. make all the parts of their community, school included, mm-hmm. a place where there is a focus on wellness and safety. Mm-hmm. And so I think in a place where you're isolating a school building as kind of an an armory mm-hmm. of trying to keep it safe in that way, it's discounting that student that I encountered some years ago who was suspended for bringing a knife to school. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to him again, asked him, tell me about this knife you brought mm-hmm. to school. Well, he had a difficult time protecting himself when he left his home, mm-hmm. walking through his community, mm-hmm. and when he got to the school building. Mm-hmm. So he brought the knife with him. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the school setting. Mm-hmm. It had to do with getting from home Protecting to school himself. and from school to home. Mm-hmm. And when I, I I had that conversation and went back and, and spoke with the school team, the wonder is how many more children are dealing with that. Mm-hmm. So it's always a bigger picture. Yes. So in other words the issues in the school building won't be solved completely through a judicial lens. That's right. There's more to it. And if we could find out the story behind the actions, it will bring us to a fuller community. And if you're dealing with a community, you're dealing with a society. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, a cascading Mm -hmm. piece that I would hope that we don't just stay in the building and say, we know everything that's going on. That's beautiful. It is always a bigger picture, you said. What is mm-hmm. the story? So so what is your story? How did you find uh, your way into school nursing? Wow. We just discovered that you are from this area yes. of Washington, D.C., where we sit right yes, now. What is yes. what is your story? Oh, wow. Um, lived a long time, so I've got <laughs> quite a story. And I can tell you, growing up in D.C., um, in a single-parent home with not all of the resources that I needed, I had enough. It was amazing. I had a mother who really valued family and education, and I had siblings who helped reinforce that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that love for education and the family values. And I was able to, in my community, find my way to a library that mm-hmm. that enabled me to learn of a world beyond where I was. And with that information and a mother who, who prompted me, um, was able to get through school. And I went to college wanting to be a chemistry teacher, mm. like my high school chemistry teacher. <laughs> I thought she was fun, and she made chemistry fun. Mm. Uh, it didn't take me long I had a work-study job. Mm -hmm. I worked in a medical examiner's office my freshman year in college, and I would prepare body fluids for Mm -hmm. uh, some some assay tests, and I would get them ready. I would look at my watch, and then I'd go out and speak to the receptionist. Mm -hmm. I would do this, and I'd get back in time to make sure I took care of the body fluids and the tests. What I learned in my 
youth there as, <laughs> as a freshman, I learned that I wanted a profession where I would work with people. Oh, uh-huh. So I liked talking to the receptionist more than I liked <laughs> running the test. So uh-huh. as a freshman, October of my freshman year, I called the nursing school. I was in a university that had a nursing school. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think you have the blend of science and people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to do this. So by my sophomore year, I transferred to nursing school. Mm-hmm. Now, from that, I was in Philadelphia in my senior year, nursing school. I had a public health rotation. Mm-hmm. I found my place. Oh, wow. I did uh, visits in West Philadelphia, and I was amazed at the engagement mm-hmm. that you could have with someone and being respectful mm-hmm. and, and coming into their home. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked that. And so when I when I graduated from nursing school, I did a year in a hospital, but then uh, moved to New York City and worked mm-hmm. for the visiting nurse service. And just really appreciated work in communities. Mm-hmm. Now, I did that for 14 years before I became a school nurse. Mm-hmm. What I thought I was doing was experiencing yet another community. Mm-hmm. So my first day as a school nurse, I walked all those steps up to the top of that high school. It was a massive picture for me, all mm-hmm. these teenagers, and what, what did I do? <laughs> And I fell in love with mm. school nursing. And part of it is I started in high school. I stayed in a high school for my uh, hands-on school nursing. And I enjoyed helping students become health literate, mm. become healthcare consumers, mm. being able to advocate for themselves. Uh, we had a, a daycare for student parents in that school. And so worked with mothers and fathers who were students in the school Mm -hmm. to stay in school and graduate so that they would be able to make a living for their Mm -hmm. their young families and it's been the best clinical setting that Mm -hmm. i've ever had so that's my story and Mm -hmm. um, went from from the high school to the state level and to the national level and Mm -hmm. it's i like to say my people group grows (laughs) as i move along and it's Mm -hmm. it's wonderful to see young people grow into their adulthoods, understanding themselves and their healthcare needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you, Donna Mazik. Yeah. You know, that, that picture you paint of <laughs> stepping into this high school with all these teenagers, my, my mother's a retired high school English teacher, and she, she still believes that teenagers are the best people on earth. <laughs> I agree with your mother. <laughs> Donna Mazik is the executive director of the National Association of School Nurses. If folks want to find NASN online or find you, how should they do that? Go to nasn.org and you can find me also on Twitter at Donna, D-O-N-N-A, Mazik, M-A-Z-Y-C-K. Thank you, Donna, for being on Schoolhouse today. Thank you, Allison. It's been a pleasure. Remember that you can follow me at Allison R. Brown on Twitter and find the Communities for Just Schools Fund at cjsfund.org. Thanks to you all for listening and have a wonderful week.